I mean, this guy is now a bucket too. Chris Paul's been, he's been a bucket, man. I mean, he, he obviously, you know, he, he gets his team involved. He is the greatest leader, you know, to play this game, but he's been a bucket for a very long time. And, you know, in my six years of playing against him or five years of playing against him, you understand that, you know, there's no scouting report that says Chris Paul can't get a bucket. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. Hey, this is Deuce Lunch Sports, man. Come on, man. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk. Hey, this is Deuce Lunch Sports, man. Come on, man. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to a special edition of the Sports Desk. I'm your man's Dedrick L. Hicks Jr. One more time, here to give it to you raw and uncut. And uh, I'll be calling Black shortly. I'm here live in studio. And uh, me and Black will be breaking down game one of the 2020 NBA Finals. Uh, we told you on our preview show of the Finals that we'll be giving you a new episode after each game uh, of these finals until a champion uh, is crowned. So last night was a, a, a great, great time for basketball lovers, man. Really enjoyed the pageantry, the opening of the finals, the commercials, uh, just the feel for it, man. Um, I, I'm a fan of all sports and I love the Super Bowls and I love national championship games. I even watch a little World Series and I watch a little Stanley Cup. Um, but WrestleMania is one of my favorites, but the one that gets me going each and every year, really, no matter who's playing in it is the NBA finals. Why you get that series, man, you, you get the two best teams in the league at that time. Um, they come head to head to play for a championship and it's, it's exciting because usually the better team, no matter what the opinions are. The better team usually wins the championship, and it's always a fun, bumpy roller coaster ride until a champion is crowned. So last night, the Phoenix Suns took game one, uh, 115 to 108, and uh, really opened up the series uh, in, a, in a great way for them. And, uh, you know, we had the surprise of Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, returning. So just all in all, just just a lot of different storylines that took place last night and uh excuse me on Tuesday night in game 1 and like I said I'm getting ready to call in black uh right now so we can get ready to break down and talk about game 1 of the finals let's get black on the phone hello black yo what's going on man what's up man everything good yeah, man, everything's good. All right, man. So, you know what we're here to do? We're here to talk about the NBA Finals. Last night, excuse me, Tuesday night was game one of the finals. The Phoenix Suns taking game one, <laughs> 115 to 108. Black, let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. Just the atmosphere last night. What did you think about the atmosphere and the pageantry of the NBA Finals? What did it do to you, do for you as a, as a basketball and a sports fan? Well, man, the, the 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 atmosphere 
in the crowd, in the energy, in the everything just around the NBA Finals, man, it's it's just amazing, man. Like I thought when they played the Lakers, the the crowd wasn't saying it's like they took it up, took it up a notch. The energy was in the building, like you could, it was seeping through the, it was seeping through the TV, man. You could feel it, like it was just <laughs> to be two teams that we're not used to seeing in these type of moments. This the, the energy that was uh, in the in Phoenix last night, man, was unreal. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, I was just saying that right before I called you, man, just really enjoyed the energy that Phoenix produced. Their fans were off the charts, man. You kind of miss it, man. You 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 see what you've been missing, you know, with, with fans being out of the uh, the arenas and the stadiums, and then you get an atmosphere like that with a championship on the line with such great talent and two very good teams on the floor. It just gets you. It just gets you hyped up, man. It gets you locked in, and ready to enjoy. Uh, you know, hopefully a, a classic NBA Finals. All right, Black. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump into it, man. Game one, NBA Finals. Like I said, the Phoenix Suns took it one eighteen to one hundred five. Let's start with the surprise of the night. Uh, me and you were talking right before tip off, and um, lo and behold, Giannis Antetokounmpo made his return. Now, we talked about it on our NBA preview, NBA Finals preview show that, you know, we didn't really feel that Giannis would have been available for game one. Uh, probably would have seen what Milwaukee would be able to do. But lo and behold, not only did Giannis make his return, but Black, Giannis looked really good coming off a scary energy just one week ago. What do you think about Giannis last night, man? Man, it was so, it was I was excited to see Giannis, man, and it's crazy to hear him say what he said in the press conference after the game. Like he thought he was going to be done for a whole year. It was bad after that injury happened, and 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 that's crazy because I'm pretty sure that's what everyone was thinking. Yeah, that we might bad. not see Giannis. We might not see Giannis for a while. But when you got the alert across your phone that phone that there was no damage, no yeah. structural damage. Yep. You held out a little bit of hope that he would come back at some point uh, in the series. And you, man, to see him get back on the court and, and be moving the way that he needs to move, man, it was refreshing, man, to see him out there. And um, I believe I believe if, if, if Giannis was playing more minutes than what he was playing, I feel like uh, the game probably would have been a little, more, a, a little more tighter and closer than it was. But you know they can or they they keep look like they was keeping them on a minute restriction. So you know he uh, wasn't to be he he couldn't be as effective as he wanted to be because they had him like on a minute restriction. But when he was in there, man, you could you could tell it, man. Giannis was basically you know doing what he wanted to do, what we used to seeing Giannis do, and then the rundown block, man, from Giannis. I was like, oh my goodness, man! Like this guy don't even look like he been injured, you know. But you got. At some points in that game, it reminds you when you see him limping at timeouts that, yeah, he, you could tell he's still favoring it a little bit, but he's, it's, it's not hindering him from doing what he does best. Yeah, I thought Giannis looked it very well. <laughs> I think he looked it really good. Um, I know me and you was talking, and uh, you called me right before tip-off, and I was telling you, I was like, look, man, he not finna be out here because you were saying that, you know, man, I hope he's just not going to come out here and be a liability be a smoke screen. Oh, man, they cleared him to go with that type of energy, with that type of injury. 
I mean, Giannis got to be good. And boy, was he good early on. I mean, you've seen him catching the ball down the paint, dumping that shoulder in the eight and chest and getting a nice, nasty dunk in the first quarter. The first play of the game, they tried to get him an alley-oop off a screen, and he jumped up there and got it. Aiton just tipped the ball out of his hands. But just throughout the game, Giannis had his speed. He had his lateral movement. You did see Giannis be tentative. You see, you did see Giannis make decisions on certain things where normally Giannis would just be freakishly all going all out. But, you know, he was testing that leg. And rightfully so. You come off a scary situation uh, like the one he went through just over a week ago in game four in it, uh, against the Hawks to this NBA Finals looking like he's looking. That's a breath of fresh air for not only the Bucks but the basketball world. It was really good to see him out there. Very impressive with Giannis just defying the odds and living up to his nickname, the Freak, because he sure lived it up to it. Because I don't, I'm not necessarily sure nobody else in the NBA who did that. This man literally came back in a week, bro. A week. Yeah. This wasn't no sprained yeah. ankle. This wasn't no. Uh, 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 jam finger. Nah, this man hyper extended his knee to the point that his knee was the size of a bowling ball for three days straight. And to see him out on that floor, that was good to see, man. That was good to see. So, Black, let's get into it, man. Let's get into the game. Let's talk about the first half. The first half, um, you had the uh, Phoenix Suns really start off the game high energy. Hitting some big shots. And then you see typical Milwaukee coming in, grinding it out, not letting Phoenix open it up on them. Looked like Phoenix was going to run away early in the game. They was getting a five-point lead, a six-point lead. Milwaukee would come right back and close the gap. Just in the first half, uh, as far as basketball goal between these two teams, Black, what did you see? Well, D, I seen a tale of I seen a tale of three different stories in this game. And I know we're speaking just on the first half. So in the first in the in, in the first quarter, I seen a lot of nervousness in the game. You could tell they were nervous. They was they were a little nervous at first. You can tell it because that moment is the NBA finals, that moment is so big. It's is it's it's huge. Like it's basically uh the whole world is looking is 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 looking at you and watching watching y'all on TV. You know what I'm saying? That's it's it's the finals. So you can see it was a little nerves and everything uh in there, but <clears throat> as the nerves passed, then you then you see the game kind of get into, you know, the flow and, and especially with with the Phoenix Suns, you know, uh they got into, you know, what they do best uh very quickly. And to see them use the pick and roll the way that they did in the in that first half, it was I was just like, oh man, like and and this is this is the knock that we have on Bootenhoser every time we talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. But like, what type of adjustments are he is he going to make? We're not talking after the game, next game adjustments. We're talking about in game adjustments. It's no reason why you should have had Bobby Portis and and Brooke Lopez being put in that situation and be put in a pick and roll against Chris Paul. He's just going to kill you. He's just going to kill you. So. Um, the pick and roll was, was very big in the first half for the Suns. Um, they, they utilized it very, very well. Shout out to Monty Williams for, for knowing it was, it was, it was nothing really Milwaukee could do. So he kept going to it. He didn't get away from it. So 
that's that definitely stood out the nerves and and, and the way that Phoenix used to pick and roll in the first half. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just thought in the first quarter, uh, like you said, I think the nerves were there maybe for like the first two minutes, honestly. I mean, you know, teams weren't hitting shots. I think Giannis hit the first points of the game with the second free throw because he missed his first one. But um, I think as soon as we got, you know, to the third, fourth, fifth minute of the first quarter, things start to crank up. You saw you saw that these guys are really back in their uh, uh, environment, you know, playing basketball, even though it was the NBA Finals. Uh, the one thing that I saw was really the thing that I've seen all night long, but it started in the first quarter, and that was the high pick and roll from the Phoenix Suns, like you said. But it was different. And hear me out. So the high pick and roll that the Hawks used was for alley-oops and lobs to Capella and for Trey to get in there and do his floater. This is a different type of high picker roll that the Phoenix Suns are doing. They are killing the mid-range. And it's different yeah. when you got guys like Book, who's very good at mid-range shooter, Chris Paul, very good mid-range shooter. They're stopping the Bucks in their tracks hitting them on the mid-range, so now the Bucs don't know what to do. They're not fighting through any picks. They're sitting still. They don't know if Phoenix is going to shoot the three, shoot the mid-range, or even go to the basket. With Atlanta, Milwaukee didn't have to worry about that. They pretty much clamped that down after game one. After game one with Atlanta was doing that. But this is different. Chris Paul was spectacular leading his guys. This is a younger group of players that he's with. And for Chris Paul... To be in his very first NBA Finals, it like it's it almost like it just didn't matter. He got the team going. He's a leader. He showed that he was a leader. Devin Booker gave him high praise. Said he's the best leader he's ever seen in basketball. And we know Booker is his teammate, and he's done a lot for that organization. But by far, Chris Paul is a top five leader in sports history. I'm gonna say that out of all majority sports. 16 years in this league, to see what Chris Paul has done, he's definitely a top five leader in sports. And that's just my opinion. But in the first half, in the first quarter going into the second quarter, you see more of the same. Phoenix really start heating up. Chris Middleton was showing his face a little bit, knocking down some timely buckets. But like you said, nothing from Drew Holiday. Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez was just left to drown out in the ocean, coming off the pick and roll. <laughs> So it was just a lot of dysfunction going into halftime, and that's what's the that was the game. And going right into the second half, you mentioned in black, Mike Budenholzer. You got the tape, you got the iPads, you got the film. By God, were any adjustments made in your opinion in the second half, Black? Hello. Hello. You broke up. You you lost me. Oh yeah. Okay. I hear. I hear you now. You was breaking up a little bit. I was asking you. I said I going into the going into the second half. Going into the second half. Did Mike Budenholzer to you make any type of adjustments to combat what was going on in Game One? I mean, in, excuse me, in the first half of the Phoenix Suns. Did you see any adjustment from Budenholzer going into the second half? Um, that's a negative, sir. That's, That's a, a big negative. negative. <clears throat> I didn't see any adjustments. And the thing in the second half, they kind of got away from the the pick and roll with the mid-range. They kind of got away from it because I I don't know. I didn't state it on the show, but I stated I, I said it to a few guys at my job. I said it's going to be a point in this series that when Phoenix usually jumps out and has a lead or does anything, 
or or gets a big lead, they get stagnant offensively. They get stagnant and give teams a chance to get back in the game, and that's exactly what they did. They gave they gave um, Milwaukee a chance to get back in the game, but if it weren't for the smarts of uh, Monty Williams, I mean uh, Monty Williams for <clears throat> getting his team, you know, under control, then you know it, it got back to what it was, but. Bootenholzer made no adjustments, man. We've seen it time after time. It was either Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis. Then they had the nerve to play this kid for Sue's a shooter, and man, they just abused him as well in the second half. I, they put him. They even put him in the pick and roll and 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 abused him. But the one, the key thing for me in the second half of this game, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um. It wasn't Chris Paul. It wasn't Devin Booker. It was the others. Cameron Johnson gave you ten points. Cameron Payne gave you 10 points coming off the bench. That's 20 points off their bench. Uh, most of their points were scored in the second half when uh, it was it was critical times when Milwaukee was trying to make that push and make that run. So Budenholzer did not make an adjustment to figure out how to stop that pick and roll. And then it's like, uh, it's like Milwaukee got lax defensively. If it wasn't for Phoenix missing shots, we could be talking about a game looking worse than, than what it already was. But he definitely did not make adjustments, D, in that second half for that pick and roll. Yeah. I mean, I was being sarcastic, really, when I asked you, did Mike Budenholzer <laughs> make any adjustments? Because we all know the answer. And I don't want to frown upon on Budenholzer. I think Budenholzer is a solid coach. But he just is not the best adjuster. And you would like to think they would have addressed that pick and roll. Like you said, Phoenix gave them an opportunity probably the first half of the third quarter. They gave them opportunity to get back in the game, and they got it close, and then kaboom happened. Chris Paul said, no, no, not mm-hmm. tonight. I'm going to shut this door, and I'm going to show out. And he did. I mean, Chris Paul joined some elite company last night. First NBA Finals game with 30-plus more points, eight assists, and uh, I think five rebounds. He joined Michael Jordan uh, and Kobe Bryant with that company in their first NBA Finals game. So elite company for Chris Paul. But you've seen Chris Paul once again just take control. And I got to speak on Monty Williams. This man is a great coach, man. Yes, you've seen is. the adjustments that Monty made. He's seen that the pick and roll was going to be their bread and butter. He's seen the mid-range game was going to be their bread and butter. But the thing that's alarming here, while Chris Paul was, you know, giving the Bucks the business, the Milwaukee Bucks are not the best three-point shooting team. They went 16 for 36 last night, shooting 44% from three. They don't do that. That's a very they good don't. night for Milwaukee, and they still lost by 13. Still. So in the third quarter, while they were afforded an opportunity to make a run, that was short-lived because Phoenix was literally playing their game. Milwaukee was hitting threes, but it just didn't matter. It just didn't matter. It just didn't. And then we get to the fourth quarter, and it's like Phoenix, they just seized control of the game for the fourth. Milwaukee made a little bit of a run, but it just didn't matter at that point. Cameron Payne, Bridges, uh, Jay Crowder with some very nice defense on Chris Middleton late in the game. I mean, it's your typical Phoenix Suns uh, blueprint that we've really seen all throughout these playoffs, and they were able to get mm-hmm. the job done. 
They were able to get the job done and end up winning the game uh, on their end. But, Black, what did you think about Milwaukee just folding Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday? What did you think about their performances? Because if Drew Holiday is going to give you 10 points, Black, this is going to be a sweep. Yeah, and and, and, and and he's been a question for me ever since the the Brooklyn series. And I know it's, it's, it's a lot dealing with Brooklyn, but you really only had to deal with KD because Harden wasn't there, Kyrie wasn't there. And he he looked great in the Miami series. It's just like he's he's lost it in uh, moving moving forward. Well, he was like, good. He was good. He was good in Atlanta. Okay. Atlanta. He was he was in my opinion. He was he was okay. He, he gave, I think he, a he lot gave of you thirty three. He gave you thirty three in a closeout. And we talk about one yeah in a, in a closeout game. Of course he did. I'm not talking about the closeout game. I'm talking about the games before that. Of course he had to. He had to come alive in that closeout game for them to get that big win. Okay. He had to, but I'm just talking about his overall performance in these playoffs so far. And I thought I, I would I would think that he would have been one of the keys next to Chris Middleton to, you know, get his team over the top. And I don't know what it was with him last night where he didn't show up. It didn't even seem like they called his name more than two or three times last night. And it seemed like the buckets that he did made. When I'm looking here and and, and seeing uh, how many points he had, he had 10 points, but it seemed like it was a meaningless 10 points because they was playing from behind the whole game. And it wasn't no critical time to shots that they needed that he made. So I I, I don't know what's the deal with, uh, with Drew Holiday and then Chris Middleton. My thing with Chris Middleton, well, we know you can, you can score the basketball. We know because we've seen you take over some of these playoff games with Giannis on the floor and with Giannis not being on the floor. But why do you wait so late? Why do you wait so late? Like, we know Giannis is not 100%, uh, totally not 100%. But offensively, he should have he should have been an aggressor in the first half, showing, okay, you know, our team is here. You know, I'm going to be that guy who picks up the scoring. But we didn't get, get, get Chris Middleton until they were trying to make a run in the second half, D. And I think by that time... It was a little bit too late. It was a little bit too late to play catch up against the Phoenix Suns. So I, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, they have to be uh, better. I was I was impressed with how Brooke Lopez came out last night. He came, I mean, came out last night. He he came out making shots. It seemed like he just when he got in that pick and roll and started picking up fouls, it was just it was on the amount of time before he disappeared. But he was high energy making buckets. Uh, in the in the first half, so but Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday definitely have to pick it up and pick it up early against the Suns because you don't want to be playing catch up against the Suns because more than likely you will not come back from it, even when they get stagnant and not and it, it is not they're not scoring the ball. Monty Williams is going to take a timeout and, and and adjust and realize okay, I need to do something different here because my team is uh, getting stagnant, not scoring the ball like they were. But Milwaukee, I feel like they have to play from ahead. They, they cannot get down in these games and attempt to come back against the yeah. Suns. Yeah, I, and Chris Middleton and, and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday play a big part in that. Yeah, they I, play I, a big part, key part in that. Yeah, I think I think I think it's more to that than just them doing better. The Milwaukee Bucks have shown to be two different teams when Giannis is in the lineup compared to when he's not in the lineup. We've seen a totally different offensive-looking team 
with Milwaukee without Giannis. And I'm just going to keep it real. Giannis is a ball stopper. There were several times in that game where Giannis was bringing the ball up as he was the point guard. Drew Holiday should have had that ball in his hands. Giannis is coming up. Giannis is not a good passer. He turned it over six times last night trying to pass the basketball. And I think you have to feed your superstar and hope that he can ignite the DNA for your team. But in this aspect, it takes away from Drew Holiday. We've seen it. We've seen when Drew Holiday was asked to score the basketball, he scored. I think the only really bad game Drew Holiday had was game seven against Brooklyn. And then he came alive in the fourth quarter in overtime and hit eight points timely to help get that win. Other than that, it's kind of like he's a defensive uh, guy who's asked to hit spot-up threes here and there. I didn't see uh, Drew Holiday going to the cup like he was against Atlanta. I didn't see Drew Holiday penetrating and being a passer and kicking it out and setting up his guys for shots. He wasn't afforded that opportunity last night. Mike Budenholzer is going to have to figure something out because Giannis can't bring the ball up. He can't. He shouldn't be bringing the ball up. That should be Drew Holiday. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is not an aggressive player. He's not. That's not who he is. We've seen when Chris Middleton gets in rhythm, he catches fire. But as far as him demanding the ball, putting his back to the basket, taking the ball from the top of the key, driving to the basket, creating his own shot, it's like he's waiting his turn. It's like one position you get Giannis. The next possession, Brooke Lopez. The next possession, you might get a three from P.J. Tucker. Oh, now it's my turn. Now it's my turn, Chris Middleton, to do something. He's not aggressive. He's not. He's too laid back. And if these three guys, Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday, don't figure something out, something out, this is going to be a short series because this Suns team is the best overall team that Milwaukee has played in these playoffs. It hasn't been Brooklyn. It wasn't Miami, and it wasn't Atlanta. It's these Phoenix Suns, and these Phoenix Suns have the weapons, the coaching, the mindset to go ahead and get these boys out of here in five to Mm -hmm. six games if they don't tighten up. So I think this is a coaching thing while we're not seeing Drew Holiday be more effective, and I think it's also a motivational thing from the coaches that are not getting – uh, Chris Middleton to be more aggressive and more assertive. Something has to be done. It just can't be Giannis tucking his head, going to the rack over and over and over again because that's not going to get it done. And the reason I know it's not going to get it done, Black, because I saw the two different books when Giannis was in the game and when Giannis was injured. I saw it. I saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw it. So I know, agree. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with you, yeah, okay. man, because – I think, I, I, and we see the way Giannis is playing, so we know he's gonna he's gonna have an impact on this series. Yeah. He's going to be in the game, but Budenholzer has to figure out a way. Like you said, he has to not let Giannis get hold that basketball. Giannis go down court and do what you do best. Drew Drew has to have that ball in his hand, setting everything up for for he everyone. Do. Like you said, if Chris Middleton's not going to be aggressive, then um. We need Drew Holiday. We need somebody to, 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 to push the, to push the envelope. I don't. I, D, goddamn, it's, it's, it's the NBA Finals, bro. Yeah, it's the NBA Finals. I understand you ain't the great, bro. Put leave all that, man. This is the Finals, man. You playing for a championship, and like you said on the preview show, 
this might be the only chance yeah. that you have to win the NBA championship. Facts. So all that, you don't want to be aggressive or I don't want to be the guy. I want to be the second, second, secondary guy to get shots after this guy gets shots. No, it's not time for that. Yeah. It's not time for that. And that's what Mike Boonholz need to be telling these guys in the locker room. That's yeah. what he need to be telling them. We yeah. need y'all to be more assertive and more aggressive. If we see an aggressive, assertive Milwaukee team offensively and defense and de- defensively, they can really give Phoenix problems. Yeah. Phoenix is a great, a great team. D. Yes, they, they are, are a great team, all around team. But it's points in basketball games, and I've seen it from series of, from the Lakers all the way to the Clippers until ne- and, and, and in game one of this game. It's points in that game when when they got leads and they just get stagnant offensively. They did it three times against the Clippers. Right. They did it three times. They had leads, lost the leads because they got stagnant offensively. And if Milwaukee is doing what they need to do offensively and defensively, they can get some. They can steal some of these games from Phoenix the way that they need to. But they're not being. They're not pushing the envelope, D. And that's the one knock that I have. On this team and Mike Boonholzer, you have to let them guys know, like, y'all need to come on, man. This is the NBA Finals. You have to do better. Yeah. Put, leave it all leave it all on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to find out quick. Game two is, is Thursday night. We're going to find out. Milwaukee Bucks have to win this game. They can't go down 0-2 to Phoenix. They can't. They can't. I don't see they a cannot. scenario when they are down 0-2, they go into Milwaukee, and I don't see a scenario where the Suns don't squeak out a game in Milwaukee. I, I I just think they do. I just think that they do go to Milwaukee and they get a game. And I'm going to be real with you, Black. I'm a little nervous now for the Bucs. Now, I picked the Suns to win in seven games. But I'm nervous for the Bucs because what I saw last night was alarming. One, they, they didn't look in sync. And I know Giannis came back, so I'm not going to overreact. So Giannis came back. Maybe the chemistry was thrown off. Maybe they were trying to fit Giannis back in. They shot 44, 44% from three, which they never do. And they still lost by 13. Mike Budaholz didn't make any adjustments. Like you kept saying, like, this is the NBA Finals. This is the NBA Finals. When they take the camera back to Phoenix locker room and Monty Williams is talking, I'm hyped. I'm motivated. I want to go out there and give, and give Monty Williams 20 points. But then when they go to the Milwaukee Bucks locker room and Mike Budaholz is talking, I can barely hear what my dog got to say. Exactly. It's like, where's the, where's the motivate? <laughs> like, where are you motivating these guys? Like, like, this is the finals, dog. Like, you need to take your cape off and you need to show some type of passion to your team. And when I saw that last night when they went inside the locker rooms, I said, man, the Phoenix Suns just feel like they want it more, bro. And the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks are acting like they just happy to be here. And if that's going to be the mindset, then we're going to be wrapping this thing up next Thursday. Exactly. So exactly. So we'll see, man. We'll see. So, Black, let's go right into game two, man. Game two. What adjustments for the losing team, the Milwaukee Bucks? What adjustments? Who who needs to be the difference makers for the Bucks to get a game uh, game two win? Because Phoenix Phoenix has done what they're supposed to do. They are holding down home court with that win. Now this is on the books. Black, what do you see that they need to do? And who needs to be the difference makers for this team uh, to get a win in game two heading back to Milwaukee on Sunday night 1-1? It's, it's, it's one key point that you just made. 
and you said that, you know, with Milwaukee not playing with Giannis uh, too many games in the Atlanta series, they kind of build the chemistry where things were flowing uh, without Giannis being on the floor. But now Giannis is back. Right. Now he is back. So, and then, like you said, it seemed like everything was kind of thrown off in game one. And Giannis, it, it, believe it or not, as, good, as well as Giannis played, it kind of seemed like it was a feel-like game. He was worrying about what he could do. Sure, you know, sure. Offensively, sure. how he could move. Yes. So in game two, I'm expecting Giannis to be a little more aggressive. Yeah, a little more aggressive in 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 the paint. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that we're gonna see Giannis go to the line a lot more in game two than he did in game one. I believe that he's gonna put have an imprint on his game because he know what he can do now on that knee. He know he knows that you know okay I can move I can move a little better. So I expect Giannis to be a little aggressive. I'm, my my hope is that Budenholzer that Budenholzer are telling his guys, you know, we have to bring the energy, uh, we have to bring the energy offensively. We, I'm, you're doing what I need you to do and, and adjust, and an adjustment, the one adjustment they need to make defensively is that pick and roll. We cannot have Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis out here just hanging dry. We cannot have that happen. Yeah. So I think the, the adjustments for uh, Milwaukee is to figure out that figure out that pick and roll, that high pick and roll mid range, like you stated, with Chris Paul, and also be be more aggressive offensively. That's why I say I see Giannis picking it up a little more in game in, in game two. I expect him to maybe have a big game. I'm thinking somewhere between 30, 35 points, mm, okay. 15, 16 rebounds for Giannis in a big game. And and hopefully they get timely buckets like we need from timely buckets that we need from Chris Middleton. For the Bucks to, you know, sneak out a win in Phoenix because, like you said, D, they need this win because I really, I really, I know it's gonna be rocking in Milwaukee. I know it's gonna be crazy, but I just don't know if Milwaukee can win two straight games against Phoenix if they lose this game too. I just don't know if they can. Mm-hmm. I think they can sniff sneak out one. I just don't know if they can win two in Milwaukee being down 0-2. So mm-hmm. it's key that Giannis, Giannis is definitely my aggression for game two and uh, get a little more from Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday making timely buckets when they need them. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a handful of things they need to do. A handful. The first thing is, Drew Holiday, you on Chris Paul no matter what. If you cut the head of the snake, the snake can't go. Drew Holiday needs to put that 6'5 body that first team all defensive mind and wit on Chris Paul. Fighting through picks, Chris Paul has to be disrupted. Because Devin Booker didn't have a great game. Now, he scored 25 points, but he didn't have a Devin Booker game. Chris Paul was the killer in this game. And he needs to be disrupted by Drew mm. Holiday. Not P.J. Tucker, not, no, no, no. Drew Holiday needs to be assigned to Chris Paul. That's number one. Number two, Christopher by God Middleton <laughs> needs to have 30 points asserting himself on all three levels. The three-pointer, the mid-range, and to the cup. Every time Chris Middleton touches the ball, he needs to be making a play. I'd be so pissed off watching him pass that ball 
and just giving it up when he got somebody on a switch like DeAndre Ayton. Take him to the rack. Put some dance moves exactly. on him and get your bucket. So yeah. we, he needs to be aggressive. And last but not least, dear Lord, can somebody, I mean anybody, put a shoulder in DeAndre Ayton's chest? We ain't even spoke hmm. about DeAndre Ayton at all. And this man was flawless last night. Yes, he was. He was spectacular on the defensive end. He was spectacular on the offensive end. He cannot roam around like that. Giannis is a strong physical player. And I know he is a defensive player of the year. But Giannis Antetokounmpo is a bad matchup. For DeAndre A. DeAndre Ayton is going to eat Giannis alive. Brooke Lopez yeah. needs to be the pr- primary defender on DeAndre Ayton. Why? Because of the length, his strength, ne- he needs to be on him. Brooke Lopez is a former uh, all-NBA defensive player. He knows how to play defense. Mm-hmm. So Mike Budenholzer need to throw that raggedy playbook out of the back locker room. And he need to go in there and say, hey, Drew, you got CP3, uh, Brooke Lopez, you got uh, DeAndre Ayton, Tuck, you got Devin Book. These, you need to be assignment basketball in game two. Because if you don't, it'll be 2 nothing. headed to Milwaukee for game three, and by God, <laughs> the conversations are going to start mumbling through the media. If y'all boys get up three, down all three, because the Phoenix Suns are coming for blood when they get to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to see this for the NBA Finals. We don't want to see this for basketball. We want a competitive series. But if Coach Budenholzer doesn't take hold of his team and Chris Middleton doesn't step up, and the key defensive assignments are not met, Black, we're going to be 0-2. It's going to be 0-2 headed to Milwaukee, man, for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's yeah. what we're going to be looking at. That's what we're looking at. All right, Black. Yeah, I, and go ahead, go ahead. It, it, like, I, I, and, I, and I would never say how critical this game two is for Milwaukee after seeing game one because they're not playing the way that we're used to seeing them play. Yeah. And... This Phoenix Suns team, man, they hungry. Chris Paul, you can see it all in his face. He want this thing badly. Yeah. He want this thing badly, man. So to see him play, look, man, Chris, Chris Paul, Chris Paul was out there doing what he wanted to do in that second half all night long. What he wanted to do all and, night long, and and, and uh, Milwaukee didn't have an answer for it. No, so they have to, like you say, the the playbook has to be thrown out the window. The boot holes will have to be one of these. Be a nasty coach, bro. It's the finals, bro. Be a nasty coach. It's the NBA finals win, and they got to get this win because they will not. I, I, I could be wrong, but if they lose this game, too, it would be really, really difficult for them to win two straight in Milwaukee against this Phoenix Sun team. It yeah. would be really difficult. Yeah, for sure. I agree. All right, Blake, we're getting ready to wrap up shortly, man. Uh, like I said, this is uh, each each game from the NBA Finals. Me and Black will be giving an episode, breaking down what we saw. Um, just really, you know, you know, just giving our takes, man, on the previous game. And, of course, talking about the following game to come up. So, Black, let's go ahead and talk about game two, man. 
Who wins this game, Black? Who wins this game? Give me a score. What will our series be after game two? Give me a score. Give me a winner, Black. Um, If Milwaukee makes the adjustments that they need to make and come out here and play like I I know they, they can play, like what, what we've seen them do in the Eastern Conference, I believe my Milwaukee. I believe Milwaukee can steal this game too. So I got Milwaukee winning game two. I'm thinking I'm gonna go with a score of uh, ninety six to ninety. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. I want to go with you, man. I want to go with you. I want to go with you, man. I I want to hope that the Milwaukee Bucks are on, are are on high alert. After going down 0-1 in the way that they went down, I would hope that they are on pins and needles chomping at the bit to try to come get a win. <sighs> but I'm going to say they lose, man. I'm going to say they lose. I just think the way Phoenix looks, Devin Booker is going to have a game. And if they try to focus on Chris Paul, I think Devin Booker is ready to rise to the occasion. I'm talking about we could see a 40-piece from Devin Booker mm-hmm. on, Sun, on, on, on Thursday. And the reason I say that is Devin Booker took a backseat to the offense because Chris Paul was in doing his thing. So Devin Booker will be unleashed at home game two. I think this is a close game. I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns 105-102. 105-102 to go up two games and nothing. In the NBA Finals. Two games or nothing in the NBA Finals for the Phoenix Suns. And I think it's because of Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker Ooh. has him a game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> he, he do one, too. He do one. He do one. He do one. <laughs> he do one. He do one. So, you yeah, know, we'll man, see. I... Yeah, we'll see. It's big. Man. I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. Last, uh, last, game, last night game did not disappoint at all. Very good game. It was it was nothing, it was nothing close to a snoozer or nothing you didn't want to be interested in. I was glued to the TV like LeBron James was playing. <laughs> so I'm excited, man. I'm excited about this uh Milwaukee and Suns matchup. Absolutely. All right, so game two, Thursday night, nine o'clock, ABC. Of course, that Friday, me and Black will be doing a breakdown of game two. We'll be putting that out to y'all that same day. So we appreciate y'all rocking with us, man, and uh, hearing our breakdowns uh, for the NBA Finals. You know, we just hope to get a great series. We just hope to get a great one, man. We just hope these basketball games are are for the ages. We hope we get a bunch of storylines and situations that we can come in here and we can talk about these games, man. So with that being said, you know, today this is not a a traditional show. We just come in here breaking down the game and we getting out of here, man. So we hope y'all enjoying what we're doing. Um... Black, where can they find you? Give me your information, man, before we roll you out of here. Man, yeah, y'all can hit me on Twitter and Instagram at BlackENL3. Man, y'all hit me up. Let's talk about it. Yes, sir. All right, Black, man. So we'll be getting up soon, man. And uh, I'll hit you in a little bit, Black. All right, yo. All right. All right, man. So we're getting ready to wrap it up. Um, and like I said, you know, just doing these breakdown episodes after each game. So my name is Desiree L. Hicks, Jr., 
You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at that name. Let's talk about it, man. Let's talk NBA Finals. Let's let's talk about Game One, Game Two. Let's have that conversation, man. And and uh, let's see what the pulse is uh, of the basketball world while we're watching this Finals, man. So uh, you guys be cool. You guys be safe. Take care of yourselves. And we'll be back with another episode Friday. Break it down. Game Two of the NBA Finals. You guys take care, man. Hey, this would do some much sports, man. Come on, man. The sports desk.